right, let's dive into our next topic because this was interesting to me, and I, I mentioned it just before the break where this survey came out of RateHub uh, uh, provided us saying the minimum amount of money you need to buy an average single-family home here in Edmonton. And uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around some of those numbers. And and I'm sure, you know, Brandon Strasser is a realtor with uh, uh, with Real Broker, and, and so he deals with some of these numbers and what people can afford all the time. He's joining us this morning. Brandon, good day. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. You're not a mortgage broker. That's not your world. You're a realtor, so you're trying to to, to make things uh, work for your clients so that they can get into a home. But this eighty thousand dollars, give or take a you know a, a couple hundred bucks, is that realistic for an average single family home in Edmonton? And wh- wh- where are we at? Where are we at about four hundred thousand or three fifty? Or does this include condos? Yeah, I would say including condos, we're sitting at around that four hundred thousand um, for single family yeah. detached. You're looking closer. You're kind of pushing that five hundred thousand dollar limit, um, but it really depends on where you're looking as well. You know, we have a, a wide variety of houses uh, in Edmonton. You know, we have a lot of new builds, but we also have a lot of older homes and more mature communities that you can get quite a deal on. Um, so, yeah, very wide variety. So, a lot of options. So- but, but but really, what what kind of cash do you need to do this? Because I'm, I'm seeing this, you need at least this much in order to buy a home. How much, how close is that? How tight is that? Because I've got to think if something, something happens, your margins are pretty tiny at that point. Do you even recommend people go dive down and just, you know, get the most house you can get for whatever cash you make? <laughs> I personally wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, like for me, I think whatever your pre-approval is, and I I don't recommend my clients kind of purchasing with their highest purchase power just because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I always recommend, you know, leaving a bit of a buffer space. So I saw the article as well, that 80,000. I think that is... A bit of a pipe dream, I would say. You know, eighty thousand. You're you're pushing it. If you want a new yeah. build, if you want, if you have these higher level of wants, you might need to wait until you have a bit of a higher down payment to be able to purchase with eighty thousand dollars household income. Well, and I guess you got to be realistic, as you mentioned, about what you're buying. So on 80000 annual income, maybe not picking up the half-million-dollar house, but there are condos or row houses or other kind of things you can buy that get you down into the twos. There, 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 are, there are older ones you can get in, I think, in, in somewhere in the high 100s, can you not? Yeah, for sure. Like, there's a ton of variety in the housing um, market in Edmonton. So we have a lot of different variability when it comes to our prices. It's really just about setting expectations for you. So, you know, when I, when I see articles like this, it's kind of, I, I would say, in my opinion, it's uh, slightly deceiving. Um, it's great that you can purchase a home, but what does that $80,000 get you? And it never really talks about that. Is you know, it says you can purchase a home with $80,000, but what does that house look like? Um, well, you know, I think it's, it's basing it on the uh, on the 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 number of three hundred and seventy four thousand dollars in August, and that would obviously be with with condos, row houses, etc. Also added into single family detached. This is sort of the average overall sale price, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you're adding you're adding like low variables in. You know, you have ninety thousand dollar condos that are bringing that number down, but then you also have million dollar houses that are bringing that number up. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's hard to really see and really understand unless you're in it and actively looking um, to really understand what that actually gets you. 
Uh, I'm curious, just from, uh, you know, and you talk to other people in the industry for your own experience. Uh, we keep hearing about, hey, Alberta is the most affordable place to go and buy a home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that uh, it is it is being pumped up a little bit by people from elsewhere in, in the country who are saying, oh, well, that's great. I'm going to come here and there's jobs. I'm going to get jobs, et cetera. Is it, is it pumping up the market or is it staying fairly, fairly level? And part of what I ask that is these numbers that came out of, uh, out of rate hub also show a bit of a decrease actually in some overall prices, maybe not substantial, but what's the market looking like right now, Brandon? So I think overall, it's still a relatively strong market. I think what we're seeing in Edmonton right now is a disproportionate market of what we're used to. You know, we get to these colder months and usually it starts to fall off. So we're seeing a slight fall off, but because we have such a demand and such a a demand for migration, we're seeing it stay relatively steady. And that was something that's a little bit alarming when you look at that um, article and they talk about how, you know, prices have dropped, but unaffordability has actually increased because we're not seeing the prices drop as what we're used to because we are seeing so much migration still keeping our uh, market very level. Uh, yeah, I got a message in on the text line today, and I, I guess they're, they're, they're actually writing more of what I was thinking. They're saying $80,000, no chance, because eighty k after taxes, sixty k at least, uh, and then you, and they go in and break down a whole bunch of, of other bills. And so, and especially with food prices and energy prices, all this kind of stuff, uh, you really do, it, it might be exciting to try and find something, but you really got to be realistic. You've, you've got you to make those margins a lot, like you said. It's a little misleading to say 80 grand, uh, regardless of what the study says. For sure. I think, you know, I always see, we always see those articles. You know, one of the big things that I've always talked about is affordability, housing, and everything like that. And you see these articles, and they like to push the numbers. They like to grow, make that excitement, you know. And I think that's what's happening, too. And I have seen that a little bit, actually, where people are coming, migrating to Edmonton because they see these articles. And then they're getting a really big culture shock when they get here about the actual prices that are available. And they go, oh, wait, like, what do you mean your houses aren't on average, you know, $200,000? I can't buy a mansion for 300000 That's crazy. Um, and they see these articles, and that's what they think, um, whereas it's not setting realistic expectations. Absolutely. How busy are you these days? Uh, and and you, you keep saying it's a strong market. I, I, I'm sorry, and I'm not I'm not being derisive here. I always laugh when I hear that because every realtor I've ever talked to says, "Never been a better time to buy a home. Never been a better time to sell a home." So, you know, how do we wrap our head around what is a strong market? Like, what do you mean? I usually the reason why I say a strong market is like you know me personally, I've been quite busy. Um, I think it really depends on what type of market that you're tapping into as a real estate agent. And, you know, I think we, if you're marketing your house well when it comes to selling, you can sell your house very quickly, but you have to make sure that you are marketing it at a proper price. We just have a very, we have a lot of activity with buyers, but they're very, very, um, I guess they're very picky right now. You know, they want the perfect house. So your house might not sell if you're trying to get a little extra, but if you're pricing it well, it'll sell fast. 
Uh, this is interesting. I got a note in from somebody, and you know, they don't have a name here, which is which is good because they're they're unveiling financial information. I uh, said they, last year they got approved for a three hundred eighty thousand uh, dollar mortgage on a seventy two thousand dollar salary, so you can do it, but it's it's a it's not the five hundred thousand dollar home. Uh, but still, I don't know. I still wonder if that's uh, that's pretty tight, uh, tough tough to deal with. Uh, anyway, sorry I got sidetracked just because of uh, the the message in on the text line. Uh, Anything else you think we should add just uh, for for people uh, who are, who are listening who are thinking about being in real estate or getting out? Is it a, is a, has there never been a better time to sell or buy? I would say right now, honestly, we are getting into a little bit of a slower market. So if you're looking to sell your home, you're going to be getting a little less for it than you may have gotten, you know, five months ago. Um, that being said, on the flip side of that, you're going to be able to buy a house for a little bit less. So there's always a give and take with real estate, and it always depends on what your goals are. I always say if you have the ability to buy your house that you want to buy, you might as well buy it right now. You know, if if you're trying to be strategic, maybe it's not the best time to buy and sell right now on a stra- the strategic level. But if you have to, it's not like you're going to be at a major loss. Well, if it's, if it's the first home, then, you know, with the prices being being down a little bit, a little less competition, maybe it's a perfectly good time. Uh, but, yeah, if, it, if it's the second, uh, what about you could always, maybe you find the... Does it work, the numbers? And I know, again, you're not a mortgage specialist, but you're certainly in this world. You go find the house that's maybe the price is down a little bit. You you bridge finance it. You hold on to two houses for six months and then sell yours when the prices come back up again. What do you think of that? I mean, definitely an option. I have actually a lot of clients recently that have been selling their homes and then, you know, saving their rate and then buying now at a lower cost than, you know, people who purchased in the COVID high. Um, They're looking at new houses right now and they're just kind of bridging their mortgage over into that new house. So that's always an option because you are purchasing a bigger home for less. Um, so that's always nice to do. And if you have the ability to do that, I would definitely speak to your um, financial advisor, mortgage person, whoever you use, about those options if you really do want to get into a new home. Brandon, uh, good chatting with you this morning. Appreciate it. Have a great Friday, a great weekend. Thank you. You too. All right, take care. Bye. Uh, Brandon Strasser is a realtor with Real Broker joining us this morning, just talking about this whole premise. But yeah, like I said, on the text line, someone said they got approved. We're over $380,000 on a $72,000 annual salary. You can do it. Might be a little tight. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.